Hello, and welcome to the Reclaim Your Life show. Here's your host, master hypnotherapist and coach, Jan Haldane. Hello, and welcome back to episode 13 of the Reclaim Your Life show. I'm Jan Haldane, master hypnotherapist and coach. And in this episode, we're talking about the cycle of narcissistic abuse. So firstly, I'd like to give huge thanks to Tanya Gorm and Barbara Hearing for creating the amazing graphic that this podcast is based on. So there are three parts to the cycle of narcissistic abuse, which I call the ID or the IDD. So they are idealise, devalue and discard. And while not all the circumstances are the same for everyone, the pattern is the same. So once you get a handle on the pattern, it puts any relationships you've had with difficult, toxic, controlling or narcissistic people into perspective. Because it was never about you. Narcissists all have an agenda which is not in your best interest, even if it may appear to be in the beginning. So let's look at the idealised phase first, which is also known as the honeymoon period. Now, I remember briefly dating a narcissistic man once, and after he'd nearly let our puppy get run over, my daughter and I expressed our extreme displeasure. And he actually said, well, the honeymoon is over. So needless to say, that relationship was over for me. So here's the narcissist's idealising agenda. The narcissist grooms the victim and their family and friends to cultivate a sense of trust and commitment. So he or she engages the victim's empathy to accelerate bonding, loyalty and attachment. The narcissist pretends to love the victim while actually planting seeds of self-doubt in the victim to foster emotional dependency and secure power and control in the relationship. He or she invests in the victim to instill a sense of gratitude, obligation and owing. So how does this affect the survivor? Well, the survivor feels special or chosen. He or she feels intense love, trust and sexual desire, creating increased levels of dopamine and serotonin. He or she feels happy, hopeful and attached to the narcissist. They feel a sense of owing the narcissist for their generosity. Inappropriate behaviours by the narcissist are minimalised and rationalised and the narcissist is given the benefit of the doubt. In fact, the survivor begins to defend and or make excuses for these inappropriate behaviours to family and friends and begins to isolate and ignore personal boundaries and modify behaviour to align with the narcissist's needs, preferences and desires. So the honeymoon. Let's look at the honeymoon. The abuser begins to groom and love bomb the victim, puts the victim on a pedestal, rushes into intimacy, compares the victim favourably to ex-partner or ex-partners, and there's flattery, excessive attention and intense sexual seduction. Acts of perceived kindness, empathy and generosity. Grand gestures, gift giving, elaborate dates, romantic vacations. Mirroring to convey sameness and a strong bond. Future faking, early desire for commitment, premature talk of marriage. Overprotection and isolation in the name of love. 
oversharing details of traumatic childhood and crazy ex-partners, testing and crossing victims' boundaries, trying to draw the victim back in, otherwise known as hoovering, after inappropriate behaviours through gaslighting, justifying, possible apologies, possible promises to change and or seek therapy. So next comes the devalue phase and it's not pretty. As the narcissist seeks to destroy you in any way they can while still looking like the good guy. So here's the narcissist's devaluation agenda. The narcissist experiences a narcissistic wound when the victim responds to inappropriate or abusive behaviours. He or she feels threatened, defensive, betrayed, victimised and tries to regain power and control over the victim. The narcissist then triangulates or uses comparisons to other people and flirtation or even infidelity to provoke insecurity within the victim and make them feel replaceable. They attempt to destabilise the victim by causing them to doubt their reality and question their sanity. The narcissist becomes bored and resentful and looks for a new source of validation and stimulation, seeking out a new relationship or reflection of perfection. They begin to love bomb and groom a new victim or even victims, using the current victim's increasing emotional distress to attract sympathy from others and to justify their abusive behaviours and betrayals. So how does this affect the survivor? Well, the survivor is devalued or punished for inconveniencing the narcissist by trying to set boundaries, call out unacceptable behaviour, or for not being compliant and obedient. He or she experiences decreased levels of dopamine and serotonin. This often leads to depression, anxiety, fear, self-doubt, confusion, memory problems and sleep disturbance. They also experience cognitive dissonance, confusion, disconnection from the intuition and sense of reality and begin to placate, walk on eggshells and go along to get along to avoid conflict escalation. Survivors begin to blame themselves for problems in the relationship and work harder to please the narcissist in an effort to regain their attention and love when new victims are triangulated into the relationship. By this stage, the survivor has become hypervigilant to the narcissist's oscillating moods and tries to predict the narcissist's needs to access affection and connection and to avoid conflict. They experience feelings of fear, obligation and guilt otherwise known as FOG, fog. This leaves the survivor denying their own intuition and desperately clinging to the hope for change. So let's look at how the abuser heightens the tension in the relationship. So building the tension, the abuser begins to make subtle suggestions for change and improvement of the victim under the guise of concern delivers criticism, degradations, insults and name-calling, sometimes under the guise of humour, begins to more overtly isolate the victim, restricting and controlling the victim's resources and activities. Emotional withdrawal, silent treatment, otherwise known as stonewalling, 
nitpicking, gaslighting, intimidation, threats, violation of victims' boundaries, communication breaks down, and triangulation or the love triangle begins. Next we have the narcissist discard agenda. The narcissist acts defensively against pain from the narcissistic wound. So they project their own shame and insecurities onto the victim and escalate abusive behaviours. The narcissist feels repelled by the victim's emotional response to abuse. So they love bomb or groom new victims in order to feel re-energised from the high of fresh new narcissistic supply. Then they feel empowered, entitled and in control. They use the victim's emotional response to abuse or betrayal to prove to others that the victim is crazy or unwell and to justify the abuse, betrayal and ultimately the discard. The narcissist solicits sympathy from others for having to endure such a crazy partner. By doing this, they regain power and control over the victim and the relationship narrative. The survivor is punished for responding to abusive behaviours. So how does this affect them? They try to calm and reason with the narcissist, apologising for their emotional response to the abuse, assuming blame and responsibility and trying to fix the relationship. When trying to prove their sanity to the narcissist and others, they may become emotionally distressed or even appear unhinged. They begin to anticipate abuse and modify behaviour to avoid conflict and the escalation of abuse, placating the narcissist in the attempt to return to the honeymoon or idolisation stage of the cycle. At this point, they either leave the narcissist or they're discarded by the narcissist. Then they may submit to the narcissist's hoovering back into the relationship for a myriad of complex and legitimate reasons until leaving permanently feels necessary, safe and possible, which in some cases can be a long time. So let's look at how the abuser escalates the abuse in the relationship. The abuser displays cruelty, coercive force and rage. Now this rage can be loud or silent. Commits escalated acts of verbal, emotional, financial, sexual and or physical violence. Commits one or more significant betrayals. Makes excuses, gaslights and minimises abuse and betrayal. Invalidates victims' emotional response and blames the victim for causing the abuse and betrayal and then discards the victim temporarily or permanently. So you may have recognised some or many of the things that I've mentioned here in this cycle. And unfortunately the only way to make it go away forever is to have no contact with the narcissist and not to be taken in by their hoovering shenanigans when they try and get you back. And I will talk about that in another podcast. But meantime, I wish you a fantastic week and I look forward to being with you on the next episode of the Reclaim Your Life show. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Catch you on the next episode of the Reclaim Your Life show.